welcome to this special mini edition of Signal uh, from the MediaNet, just ahead of the Church and Media Conference. And we're dipping into the podcast feed for something a little bit special, which is a quick conversation with my dear friend and esteemed colleague, Dr. Bex Lewis, to chat about the show that has been running on Channel 4 for the past couple of weeks called The Circle. But before we get to that, let me introduce you to Dr. Bex. She is a uh, longtime friend and collaborator, professor and author, uh, looking at the area of social media and the church and all things related to everything from raising children in the church and living our lives on social media and is a big proponent of the word virtual, right? <laughs> or not. Uh, and she'll probably explain a little bit around that as we go through. So, Bex, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing right now? What's, uh, what keeps you occupied day to day? So I love the way you promoted me to professor. Uh, that's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> but not there You're yet. a professor to me always. Yeah. If I was in the States, I'd be, probably be a professor, but not yet. Um, so I'm senior lecturer in digital marketing at Manchester Metropolitan University. I've been there for the last three years. Before that, I was at Durham working with Kodak. And for those that don't know Kodak, uh, you might want to explain Kodak as part of Durham University, isn't it? And then looking at online digital and theology. Yeah, it's the Centre for Digital Theology uh, based at St John's College. It's been going since 2009. So, and I was involved for about five years with that. So, still got very big interest in the church and digital. Um, although I standard marketing stuff, obviously, because that's part of, part of my job. Yeah, students want to know how to sell shoes. That's what they get excited by. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, um, I am just going back into work after a year off with breast cancer. So I've just put a huge bid into Macmillan to look at how patients with cancer are using social media and trying to understand a bit like I've been doing with the church and still want to do get beyond the fears that we're all looking at terrible inf- and actually how can we use it all well, um, which is my big passion. It's all part of life, isn't it? It's virtual. Absolutely. And for anyone that's been following Bex on social media, you'll see that she's been telling her journey of her uh, journey with with breast cancer in a, a very open way that's been helping a massive amount of people. So that's been great to follow. So you can go find out more about that. So let's talk about The Circle, Bex. You've been watching this with some interest. Uh, just for those that maybe haven't come across it, just recap what the show is about and what have the, uh, the makers there at Channel 4 have been trying to do. So it's a new show, which they've been doing over three weeks. I kind of binge-watched uh, at the end of the first week trying to catch up with what was going on. Um, I'd seen it coming up, I just haven't had time to watch. But it's a it's a kind of interesting thing. I mean, they say things like it's going to help us think about how social media works, be more aware of its negative and positive aspects. Um, it's a competition, but, you know, there's lots of insights that we can get. My first viewing of it, it felt a bit like I was watching Big Brother um, and a new version of that. So essentially the contestants, there's eight at any one time maximum, are in a block of flats that look very nice uh, next to a railway line somewhere in London. They won't tell us where. Um, And they're all in soundproof flats and they can only interact through a custom-built social network. Um, So they can open circle and chat to a whole group. They can have private chats. They can have lads chats, they can have girls chats, and they've been doing all those kind of things. And a bit like Big Brother, they're kind of set um, tasks to do. But because you don't meet the person face-to-face, you can be anyone that you want to be. Um, so there's quite a lot of people in there who are doing something that they're, they're not really. 
That's right. So famously, I think in the first episode, one of the male contestants went in masquerading as a female. You've had people masquerading as being younger than they are or interested in other things. And a couple of them that have been playing it completely straight. I think it's been really interesting. I've watched a few episodes along the way. And um, yeah, this is it's got two interesting aspects. One is they're trying to combine multiple bits of technology that we've been talking about here on the show for people that have been listening. And I think we're all aware of, of things like voice control, things like social media. Media, smart televisions which are all the screens that they use around the, the the rooms to interact with the circle network um but it's also a really interesting television experiment as well of kind of trying to reformat this reality show model right do you think that they've managed to hit upon something that's actually got some viral appeal as it had the longevity that you're expecting as you've watched along um uh, yeah because i thought i was just going to watch get a sense of what it was going to be like and then leave it alone and actually, I've been drawn in. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it a second year if they do it in. I think a bit like Big Brother, the first two or three were really interesting because people didn't really know what was going to happen. So it is more of a real psychological experiment. Whereas once people get to know even more what works and what doesn't work for the game, it becomes less interesting for me. I'm not interested in game playing. I'm interested in understanding how things work. Yeah. Um but it's um, I mean, there's certainly plenty on social media, obviously, um, about it. Um, they'd be doing a bit of thing. People can kind of um, choose, you know, they did a cake experiment last night. They had to do a unicorn cake. Um, and there was some kind of public vote to say which was the best cake. Was everyone legitimate with their cake uploads? Or did they show off the cakes they had really made? Or were people pilfering images from <laughs> Pinterest to kind of make it look better? Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is they haven't got Google, have they? They've literally got the information that the circle gives them. They had to upload a picture of what they'd actually done, whereas previous experiments have been things like how many dominoes can you put up? And we can see that they're lying. But the other people, they're like, oh, that person said 472. I'm going to say 560. Um, and, you know, they're kind of getting away with it. The thing I found interesting about this whole thing is it draws upon a few different themes that we've looked at previously. And I know that you've also been looking at, um, you know, particularly uh, the idea of kind of trolling and, you know, kind of online personas and how you present yourself, whether or not you present yourself truthfully or not it presents some interesting moral questions doesn't it around the way in which some of these people have completely set themselves up with different identities how have you felt as a viewer first off watching that in terms of seeing people actively trying to manipulate others um, i found it really interesting i think because they're going in knowing that it's a game knowing that other people might not be telling the truth i don't have a problem with people doing that um uh, i do have a problem with people doing it for real online um so um and it's the phrase known as catfishing, isn't it? It's representing yourself as something that you're not. Yeah, what are the some of the things that you're seeing the players do as they're playing the game that are actually quite similar to the behaviours that we've seen develop in real social media um, and in real-life conversations online? Yeah, there is definitely some things that they're taking from social media and interestingly get chucked out with someone who doesn't use social media in real life. Um, and so she didn't really know how to do it, I don't think. She was also not herself. She was pretending to something she wasn't. Um, and it's been really interesting watching them struggle uh, with being not who they are, particularly the guy who's playing a girl. He's just he's really uncomfortable in the girls' chats. Um, he says, do they, all they talk about is makeup and boys, which is 
more of a nightmare for me actually you know women can actually have quite intelligent conversations um but you can see the kind of people playing straight when they're gay uh, people playing younger than they are you know i suspect this happens on tinder at the very least all the time there's a real interest there's a guy in there called dan who's really thrown by the fact that he's looking out for red flags um and kate is actually alex a guy um he went through a whole thing of he didn't want to talk to her anymore because he started to think she might be a girl and he went through kind of 24 36 hours of this and then decided that actually he liked the personality and it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl Mm. so it's actually Um, even questioning some of those kind of gender norms that we see people debating quite heavily as well online in terms of from a kind of faith perspective what is this teaching you and what do you think it should be teaching us as the church about the right ways or the wrong ways to use some of these platforms um as we represent ourselves um you know online yeah i mean i we talked at the beginning didn't we about the last year i've tried to be fairly sort of transparent and open about what's happened in treatment um the good and the bad um but i haven't blurted everything you know no one's seen a picture of my scars or anything like that um so i think is my my ongoing thing for years has always been interact as some version of you it's part of real life um the same as when i teach i'm not the same person as i am when i go to tesco's i'm not the same person as i am when i'm with my good friends as i am so there's different levels of friendship does not automatically mean you're not going to be who you say you are um so there's a lot watching from that being able to sustain being a catfish really hard for all the people who are doing it so i think it's actually quite hard to sustain the wrong persona and i've been having a chat with one of my work colleagues about online because she thinks it's much easier online um because you can just put a picture I think that's possible, but I think you have to put a lot of effort in, especially now when kind of Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter are all used as logins. It's just quite difficult to disentangle yourself from that. How does it make you feel watching a show like this, which obviously is kind of casting a somewhat interesting version of the future? So maybe we're not going to go as extreme as all living in our own little pod hotels and never seeing one another in person. But there is this idea that this this platform, The Circle, which is running their lives and is managing so much of their um, data day to day, that doesn't feel as far away from science fiction as I think we may have thought maybe even five years ago. Um, and you know, does it raise any questions for how we as Christians should be thinking about where we put our data? How much time do we spend in these different platforms? Should we be taking more ownership over where we spend our time online? Yeah, I think we. Do. I think we always how we spend our time online, and and a lot of the time, I'm saying it's not about how long you spend online; it's about what you do, the interactions you make, and it's usually not either. Or. Um, so you can be online and you can be offline friends and you can use the two to intermix. I found it amazing this past year. I have not been able to go out in public because my immune system has been totally trashed. Um, but I've had a lot of support online. Going back into work one day a week, I can keep on top of things by mixing the online and the offline. And if you look at in the circle as well, usually the person that leaves gets a chance to go and visit one of the other people um, and have a chat to the person that they've only seen online. Um, and you do see a kind of different dynamic. Um, so for me, it's always online 
and offline are not necessarily better than each other, but they're different. Uh, they have different benefits, they have different drawbacks, and we need to understand those and think about how we engage. Um, I hope that if it's not a TV game show, we would engage with truth, with honesty, with care, uh, trying not to mess up someone else, all that kind of stuff going on. The, the, mani- the deliberate manipulation has been quite hard to watch. The catfishing I kind of get... Um, and watching, watching people getting to know people, giving people a chance. There's a there's a girl called Precious who's just been chucked out. Sorry, for should have given a spoiler alert. <laughs> so Precious came in. She only lasted about two days um, because she kind of came in with what seemed like a big chip on our shoulder. And that's what Twitter is saying is actually she came in. I mean, my wariness is obviously it's been edited. We get to watch an hour and they've spent 24 hours. Um I know, you know, I've had chats with Kate Botley about Gogglebox and she's like, editing, isn't it? Um, so, um, yeah, so, I mean, editing, we're, and actually we're editing what we're putting online as well, aren't we? So, um, our online selves, I think we're editing ourselves all the time. You know, there's a lot of people who I stand next to them and they swear a lot. And you meet up with them with their family, suddenly yeah. that all disappears. Um and so people are thinking about, I, I think there is a problem that we overthink it these days. Um, I, you know, watching my students take their phones, take a selfie, filter it all. Um, and so part of my interest is how much are we doing to try and show people that life is not perfect. Life is ordinary. We should enjoy ordinary. The ordinary is amazing, actually. Um, you know, I've got an extra thing for that at the moment. I've always been like that. But now I'm like, I've been through some horrendous treatment. And now yeah. <laughs> I want to make the most of everything. Um, and life is not a series of perfect moments. Um, there, there's lots of different. I was thinking, actually, there was an advert on um, Instagram or a, a um, what do you call it when someone's been asked to share a product on Instagram? <laughs> like, a, like a sponsored post or something like that, yeah. Yeah, sort of, sort of product endorsement. So on Instagram the other week, there was um, this woman did a product endorsement and she's kind of like, just woken up and having my cereal. A perfectly curated room and the product was next to her bed. It didn't really seem to fit. She got absolutely lambasted for it. And I'm like, oh, I see lots of people doing this all the time. Um, but um, how do we encourage people that actually we need a better mix? There's another post that's just come into my Facebook today of this woman who said, you know, we all do the above the head selfie, don't we? Because it's true. <laughs> and so she's decided that she's going to do more with extra chins in it. Um, because there's you know, no, there's no angle in which I don't have extra chins in my selfie specs. So don't worry. I think I'm with her on that. <laughs> Yeah. So, and it is just, and the thing is that I think it's going to be, I don't think any by any big company or anything is going to change that from the top. I think it's going to be lots of little people, no, people doing little things rather than little people. Hmm. I don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> so lots of little people doing things to change and be a bit more genuine and be a bit more real. I've had lots of people say to me, having followed your cancer journey we love that word too um this year i've decided to share a bit more about this and a bit more about this i do it about depression as well i've done for years um 
and it's in that mix of making yourself vulnerable without making yourself beyond vulnerable or dangerously vulnerable. Um, Brenny Brown's always one to watch for those kind of things. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, we had the this week. Yeah, if you've ever, so, those listening haven't come across Brené Brown, definitely go check out her vulnerability TED Talk and her books on the same topic. I think you'll find it. So it speaks to a lot of this this area. Bex, just maybe in in summary, like what's one thing that you take away from watching The Circle that maybe chimes with your own experience of what you've gone through in the past year in terms of sharing your journey online and how people react? So I think the one thing that's come out for me from The Circle is actually the ones who have been the most genuine seem to be the ones who are staying in um that there's a couple of exceptions to that a couple of people playing the game really well so you can get away with that but they're finding it tiring and they're making mistakes and slipping up so i think the fact that i've tried to be transparent open but not overshare hopefully <laughs> um as you know people have told me that works there's a whole lot more research that could be done on that, and I think we're seeing in in the in the circle that that's kind of working. As we we think Sean's onto a good chance, possibly to win. Um, so because she's just she's kind of nice and. Um, <laughs> win, the, the nice people win. Well, let's uh, continue to hope that you keep winning being nice and sharing what you're sharing online. And Bex, thanks for sharing your thoughts with us on this mini edition of Signal uh, for the Church and Media Net. And I wouldn't be, uh, it would be wrong of me not to wrap up without doing a little plug. So if you are hearing this over the weekend, you're still a couple of days away to get your tickets in. Uh, we are just a couple of weeks off of the Church and Media Conference, the Faith and Media Conference happening on the 18th of October. So please do think about coming and joining us there at St Mary's Bryanston Square uh, on Thursday, the 18th of October. And we'll be discussing i'm sure this program the circle and many other things on the show but for now uh, dr bex lewis thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us if people want to follow your journey <laughs> in all manners where can they do that online where's best to connect with you um, i'm really easy to find online so you can either google bex lewis that's b-e-x-l-w-i-s or dr bex l is typically my username and drbexl.co.uk is my web address Excellent. Well, I'm sure many people want to go and do that to follow along with you. So thanks so much for joining us, Bex. Uh, always a pleasure to see you and glad that you're doing well. Our prayers are with you for everything that's coming next. All right. Well, um, we'll wrap up that episode of Signal there. Thanks for joining us. If you want to follow the podcast, you can always do that over on the Medianet on Twitter. Just go to at the Medianet on Twitter. Use hashtag Signal to share your thoughts and comments with us. And you can always email the show as well, Signal at the Medianet.org. For now, I'm your host, James Poulter, and we'll see you just after the conference in a couple the week's time for our regularly scheduled program for now bye-bye